0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Corbin Claypool Show. Excited to have these two on, Bo and Dylan. Uh, I've known Bo for a really long time. He's a really good friend of mine, and I've known Dylan for a good while now. So, Dylan, how long has it been since you just got back from um, Cal Poly or that area?
1: Yeah, I graduated in June. Okay, so you've been
0: back now for about a year now, almost, or getting close to a year. Yeah, so almost. thing, man. So Bo is a real estate broker in the Central Valley. So Bo, tell yourself or yeah, talk about yourself a little bit, man. Tell the audience who you are, what you do and uh, let's get into it.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So uh, I like long walks on the beach. (laughs) 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 No, I've been a real estate broker for uh, about 10 years now, Uh, 12 years in the real estate industry. I took over when my father had passed away. Uh, We do property management at America Realty based out of uh, Madeira. Uh, we used to have four locations, Sanger, Fresno, and Clovis, uh, including Madera, uh, but now we're just the one office, uh, headquarters in Madera, if you will. And uh, yeah, just uh, that's what I do.
0: Nice, man. Okay, so one thing I really like about Bo, and we've talked about this a lot, is you've taught me a lot about personal growth, about, you know, I mentioned to you, like, you're almost like monk mode, bro, because like nothing really seems to affect you. At least when I'm talking to you, nothing seems to affect you. And you can stay super calm and level-headed. I feel like I'm getting there now, but it took me some time. Um, So let's go into that a little bit, man. Like, What do you do for self-growth? What do you do for uh, pouring into yourself? I know that's an important part of your life.
2: Well, that's a a very uh, impactful question. But uh, for, for myself, I think that it's just important to constantly make good deposits, daily deposits, surrounding yourself with good people like yourself you know, uh, having good, good family around good support system, but most, uh, importantly to that as well as to, you know, work out, read books, eat healthy and, uh, you know, uh, surround yourself with a good sphere of people. And then again, if, if you're, if you're constantly feeling like you're getting, you're getting, cons, uh, complacent, then you need to up level a little bit. And that's what I've always kind of strived to do is constantly, constantly push that bar to kind of, you know, set that tone to, to, either self grow or surround yourself with people that are growing
0: hundred percent and Dylan what about you man because I know I feel like you and Bo are very similar in a lot of ways with the growth mindset and all that kind of stuff and I see you posting your stuff what are you doing for growth and what are you doing for development
1: So, (laughs) oh it's kind of hard not to be about growth and you got this guy but uh no I mean I'm just a big believer in that too I mean he's done a really good job with me like shaping my mind with like goals and stuff and and uh I guess reading, but yeah, I mean, I'm always like, if I'm in the car, it's like car university, it's a podcast, it's an audible. Um, I've gotten a lot more selective with who I hang out with Mm -hmm. as I've gotten older. So, um, that's been really important for me. And he used to tell me that growing up is like, you are who you surround yourself with. But honestly, it just kind of sounded like, you know, like some random cliche quote, like that you like, you know, like the random quotes that you see, like a live, laugh, love in the houses, you know, but it didn't really start making sense (laughs) until I was like in college and kind of being a little bit of a wild child. And then um, kind of seen myself going down a hole that I didn't really like to be a part of. And then um, I'd say when I was like 19 or 20, I started becoming really selective of who I spend my time with. Um, and yeah, so I'd say the biggest things that I focus on is just like reading podcasts and then making sure that I'm hanging out with solid people. love it, man. And one thing that people may not know about you is you're a D1 wrestler. And so
0: I feel like wrestling is a sport that is just different. Yeah. Like the people are built different in wrestling, you know, it just takes an insane amount of work to be good. And especially to make it at a D one level, you're like a whole nother animal, bro. And you're so humble about it. You stay super chill about it. But the reality is, I feel like that work is pouring in now and it's going to make you super, super successful with what you do in real estate and everything else that you do. So has like wrestling helped
1: and, uh, kind of go into that a little bit, bro. Like your journey in wrestling and all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, uh, you saying that it's funny. Like you, you kind of do certain things you don't really think about like much of them. You know, I didn't even really think I was like, I didn't think I was really good at wrestling until like I was a fourth year in college and one of the younger guys was like, dude, I used to be scared of you in high school. And I was like, what? Like I, cause yeah, I just did crazy. the work, you know? And so right. um it, it's funny because he would always tell me, I always had a really hard time comparing myself to everyone because like, I just wanted to be great. So like, I, I never could like be okay with like where I was ever. I just like, he was telling a story earlier, but when I was like in seventh grade, he would take me to high school practices and I'd get my ass kicked by some, you know, sophomores, juniors in high school. And I was a seventh grader and I'd come home fired up and I was pissed. And I'm like, dude, like I got beat by I'm Like he's like, dude, they're six years older than you. I was like, I don't care. Like I need to be beating them. And I've just always kind of been like that. So, um, looking back on it now, it's kind of hard to, even now I look at it's like great. I'm really, you know, excited that I've been able to, to wrestle and do what I love, but it's, I don't know, it's. It just kind of the thing that you do, but I've been very fortunate to be exposed to like high level training and things like that. And to just survive in a college wrestling room, I, I didn't take anyone down for like the first seven months really? of training. Yeah. And so I would call him like once a month and just be like, I don't think I have it. Like, I don't think I have it in me. I, I can't do this. and there were a couple guys. Yeah. Let me let me say this. What yeah. would you say to that when he would call you, dude? Because I think we need to kind of get
2: into that. <laughs> <laughs> all kind all kinds of stuff's going on in my brain when you guys are talking. Because you gave me a lot of reference to being a monk, but yeah, uh, far from. So uh to be honest, you gotta know when to and when not to push. A lot of the times when he was a, a, a young wrestler, like I said, I'd tell him, like, dude, you got your ass kicked by a senior, you're seventh grade. He'd be like, No, there's no exception. But again, kind of going back to what you were asking about being on a high level or doing the things to be on a high level, we tend to do the things that not everybody wants to do. That's being consistent and doing those things. But most importantly, as a father, you know, talking your kid off the ledge isn't always the easy thing because you want to be like, hey, don't be a little, you know. Uh, whatever yeah, boy, you use, he, that is what he would say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't be, bleep, bleep, don't bleep, bleep, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So basically, you I'm know not calling I mean? you. Yeah, mean. yeah. you'd yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, Dad, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I'm done with wrestling. And I'd be like, Well, you signed up for this shit, you know. Yeah. If you're gonna start it, finish it, you know. And I, 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 I try to be soft when I could be, but my soft is a little. It's a little treachery right there. But I feel
0: yeah. like tough love is important too. Yeah. No, 100. You know? You're just like, it's okay. You'll get him
2: next time. Well, you know? I, I think that for me. I was mom and dad, right? Because right. when Dylan moved with me, uh, I was a full-time parent. There's no instructions. It's not like you get FedEx and, hey, here's to be a dad, you know? Right. So uh, I had to be both. And Dylan's also a very uh, – he's a very loving person. Just That's just how his genetic makeup is, and that's okay. Myself, hugs and shit, cuddling, you know? It's not really my jam. You're like, getting like, every time I like try to cuddle him on the couch, he just get hella stiff. Yeah. <laughs> like a stone or something. Yeah, like, like one time. I've never been loved like, like, Hold on. <laughs> so, like one story. The uh, So, we're watching TV. We're on opposite sides of the couch. He's in the eighth grade. Mind you, he's 140-something pound eighth grader, right? So, he's Dude, not like were, he's little so small. You were tank. Yeah. <laughs> so, so okay. he comes yeah. up and he kind of like you know, he wants to cuddle up to me. And I was like. I didn't know how to handle it, you know what yeah. I mean. And it's just again one of those things that it was, it was one of those things that constantly pushed me to be outside of my comfort zone as well. Yeah. Because I knew he needed it, but the other side of it is, I was at every tournament, every practice. I drove him to multiple practices. You know, it, whether I had the money or not, he never knew if he if he got qualified or he got selected to go wrestle at Columbus State University. I figured it out, but I, he'd call me, and I'd be watching him on freaking. It was. I think one time it was on Flow Wrestling, but it might have been ESPN. I don't know. Yeah. But it was a high level tournament for middle schoolers, national grade, you know? And so he calls me. He's like, oh, and I was like, I was like, Dylan, what the, you know, what the fuck were you thinking, you know? Like, you know, you could have beat that kid, you're holding back or whatever. And he'd be like, "Ah!" (laughs) you know, like just just wrecked his dreams. But again, he'd go back out there and he'd wrestle like what he could wrestle like. And, And specifically, one time that comes to my mind that he was wrestling. He had these big aspirations and these big dreams, you know, which is great. I, I I definitely, you know, encourage that. But he he had what's called a blood round. And he wanted a place at the state tournament in seventh grade. So what's a blood round? Let's get into that. Real yeah, quick, yeah go ahead. In a synopsis yeah, there. well, they call it the blood round because it's like one of the crazy. I mean, it's like where
1: dreams are made and like dreams are crushed. Like I just had one of the kids I train um, lost in the bloods. And then he's crushed and he's bawling. And then the other kid is... Like floored, right? So
2: it's basically <laughs> yeah. Okay. So 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 what hap- What happens is to, to get to your blood round, you lose a match. So if you don't win that next match, you're out. But that next match can be the determination for you to place or not place. Yeah, blood rounds like
0: that right before placing. I want to point one thing out too. Um, if nobody's ever done like a one on com- one one on one combat sport like jujitsu or wrestling, yeah, there's just something different about that one on one sport versus totally. like a team sport. I I remember I wrestled growing up, nothing to your extent at all. I wrestled when I was like fourth, fifth, sixth grade, nothing crazy. But it was like intense, you know what I mean? It's a whole different level than when I played like water polo with a whole team. So I just wanted to say that. No, no, hundred dude,
2: the one-on-one is is completely different, like you said. You don't have anybody else to depend on. The support is cool, but it's just you and your opponent. So when he was going out there, he kind of lost a tough match, three to two. Excuse me. And so... Uh, he was a little bummed and I told him like, listen, you can either be a little puss or you can get back up and you can go out there and beat this kid. This is a Clovis kid, which Clovis is obviously known for wrestling, even at that level or that grade. And so I slapped him around a little bit and I said, hey, you go out there and wrestle or you just you give up now. And so he because well, I, I had five matches
1: I needed to win in order to place at that tournament. So that's
2: what had happened because I so lost the first wow. match. Of the so he had to wrestle back five matches in a row to win. To did place. you do it? Yeah, yes. But his last yeah. match <laughs> or the sick. match to get him to get over the hump was a Clovis kid, and literally at the last moment, Dylan threw this kid in a headlock on his back and won at the last. 10 seconds of the match. Bro, you're probably cheering like crazy. Oh, dude, dude. we were both pumped, right? So sick. But he had totally forgotten well in that moment. Probably that I chewed his ass earlier. But after the after the fact, again, it was one of those uh moments that you know he had achieved such great success. He overcame fear, he overcame doubt.
1: When did you start? I started wrestling uh like twenty ten and I just stopped in uh like June of twenty two. Okay, what? So, what grade was that for you? Uh, I think I was in I was in
0: fourth grade. Dude, I'm feeling old, bro. <laughs> I, I was graduating high school, or maybe not graduating, but <laughs> I'm supposed to be graduating. <laughs> um, no, okay. So, you wrestled since fourth grade. That's kind of when everybody starts. Did you do camps and stuff growing up? Like, I guess I'm just trying to ask, like, how did you become so good to get? Into a freaking D one school, like obviously it was a lot of work to get there. Yeah, so
1: well, th- definitely I would say um, a big part of. It, I mean, I wasn't very good, honestly. I, I was like, I think I, I was one of those kids. that was like just really strong, and so I got away with like a lot of things when I was younger. Right, um, and I also had it like a he wrestled, my uncle wrestled, and so I kind of like I think I had it in my blood. Plus, I was horrible at every other sport, so I kind of just fell in love with that because I was I was going to like these. uh family reunions and stuff and hang out with my cousins and I was hurting everybody because I was just wanting to play, you know, but I was right. just too strong for my own good, <laughs> I guess. Uh, so I wasn't very good at playing, I guess, but uh, he, he did a really good job of just like exposing me to as much as he could and taking me to practices and stuff. And no one ever really poured into me like that at that level. And so um, I think for me though, the biggest thing that kind of separated me is I was never really like a, like a standout. Cause I had to really work hard for what, like what I achieved in wrestling. Like I was, I mean, I did two a day's, I was just talking to someone about it the other day, but I did two days, like so I would work out in the morning with him, I'd go to practice and I'd do another practice. I did that for like seven years and then I did it like in college. So it was like, I've done two days for like 10 years almost, you know? And so um, what wrestling though, to answer your question from earlier, what wrestling really taught me is how to respond to challenges and to just complete, like you were saying earlier, like to complete what you set out to do. And I noticed for me with him, him and I are pretty similar so we butt heads quite often and whenever I wrestled my best is when he would chew me out because I wanted to do good in spite of him I'm like screw that guy you know and yeah. then there was one time in particular I had lost a match <laughs> like the second match at nationals um and it was to an okay kid and he was like I paid all this money and he's like you're gonna wrestle like that and I was like fuck this guy <laughs> and then I won every match after that and so like it you know it's to me is and then same thing happened in college so it just really taught me how to respond to challenges and i've just realized with myself with the sport is that the more that i'm challenged like the more that i'm like all right game on like the, the, like my back's to the corner like this is where it's fun you know
2: so hold on let me extract some information from that you get you get you brought father and son on here so we got a battle here <laughs> yeah. so uh, anyways to that particular tournament there is some reverse psychology that you have to play with your kid because sometimes when they're at their worst you have to be able to get it out of them. Unfortunately, the only way to extract that from Dylan was to piss him off, because he's such a soft kid. If I would have been like, "Hey, you know, better, better next time, bud," he'd have been like, "Okay, dad, you know," and just like wrestle like shit again. But if I could get him into that mode, he yeah, would snap w- out of it. I was locked in. But also to to extract <laughs> from that, you have to realize that I was his coach because his coach his coaches wouldn't even go. So we flew out to where was it?
1: Oh, uh, that was Pennsylvania. And that, Pennsylvania.
2: That, yeah. I had right. to be his coach in his corner. So now now I'm not only his dad in his corner, right. I'm his coach. 100%. And then when you're watching your son sometimes, just like he uh, most recently saw as a coach, and you see that they're not doing the things that you know that they can do, there's certain things about wrestling, like you said. There's nothing I can do. I can't throw a towel in. I can't throw him a Hail Mary. The only thing I can do is yell at him in the corner and just watch the time tick down. Right, But going back to that, where he started and where his base came from, you know, I have a military background, but I was also in wrestling, but a lot of people don't understand what what it takes to be a wrestler. You got to lose weight. You got to miss meals. You've got to work out extra hard. Your conditioning's got to be on point. This kid in seventh and eighth grade would wake up with me, go to the gym, whether he liked it or not, 6 a.m. before school. Wow. Come home every day. I would cook us breakfast. We, I was always on a healthy regiment eating plan for a, like a nutrition plan. He would follow in suit to that. He would then go to two practices. Therefore, after for the day and wrestling's not a three or four month sport. There's freestyle. There's preseason. There's during season. There's postseason. Eleven months, Corbin. Eleven months. We would finally get a time off. And it would be like, oh, there's another tournament coming. Hey, Dad, I really want to go to this tournament in Vegas. Hey, Dad, I really want... I mean, it, it's, it's a, a sport that's just constantly on the grind. So he did that for 12 years.
0: That's crazy. So you <clears> had <throat> to have known, too, like, okay, he's not wrestling at his full potential right now, and you knew exactly what to do to get it out of him.
2: You know? and, and that's and, powerful. And, but knowing, knowing, again, there was times where he would wrestle at his best, and I would know, and he doesn't always say that, and that's okay. But when he would... And I could see that he he put his best foot forward and he just lost to a really good kid. I said like, he would be defeated. Then then I'd be in his corner saying, Son, you wrestled great. You just there yeah. was nothing that you could have done any better. Maybe you could have got the better hand if you would have done something or whatever. But the, the, the reality of it is is you wrestled a great match and I'm not disappointed.
0: Yeah, I got chills with that, dude. That's powerful. One thing I really love about this too, Dylan, you mentioned like You really kind of created your own success. And I think a lot of times, especially younger people, they look up to people like LeBron James, for instance, who's just a genetic freak of nature, like he's an animal. And to be honest, they're never going to be LeBron James. They're just not. They don't have the genetic makeup for it. So they need to look at that guy in the NBA that worked his ass off to get into the NBA and did everything he possibly could to get in. That's the guy they need to model after. Not somebody like LeBron James. I'm not saying not to model after him, but I'm just saying like LeBron is, you know, gifted by basically, yeah, by God, you know. So, I love that you bring that up, like that you had to put the work in to get there because that's powerful, man. That going into wholesaling, investing, or real estate, I mean, you're going to be miles ahead of uh, the people your age and people older than you too, so… That's awesome, dude. I love that story. That's good stuff.
2: Well, and I think circling back to what you were asking, what, what do I do different or what do I do to be a monk, uh, which I uh, aspire to be, but I'm far from, it's my experiences. A lot of my experiences have been super humbling beginnings. So my reaction to certain things, I don't always get phased for the things that like most people be like, oh my gosh, how did you take that on? Or, you know, how did you deal with that? Well, those experiences made me good. Now, my fight or flight, in some instances, I'm not always perfect. So some things might piss me off that you'd be like, why did this guy get pissed off at that, but not this? You know, this guy just shot him in the leg, and he's fine. But over here, he, he took a penny from him, and he's mad, you know? And so, again, it's just it's, it's all, I guess, perspective in some instances, but right. I also know that it's experiences.
0: So go into that, man. What experiences did you have growing up? I know you were in the military. We talked about that when we were in Vegas. Like, what experiences do you have that shaped you to who you are?
2: Well... <laughs> You keep asking these great questions. So uh, I'll try to unpack without taking over the show. So, uh, you know, I grew up in Madeira. No, so uh, I, I grew up in Madeira, a small little place uh, where everybody kind of knows your name. I would almost attribute attribute that to like Cheers. You know, right. it's such a small town. So, you know, the people that I went to high school with is now who I do business with. And that now now that are my clients. But uh, growing up, I, I kind of had a little bit of a rough background. I I didn't always make the best decisions. Hung out with some of the wrong people, and you know wh- where where you where you surround yourself is what you become, and that's where I kind of put my my choices in at that time. So I moved to Michigan, where I had family, and then uh, and then eventually made the one of the biggest things uh, of my life that or the best things of my life is Dylan. But I I was residing in Michigan. I couldn't work because I couldn't keep a job, so I was getting fired multiple so times. Go
0: into that just for two seconds. Were you just a troublemaker? Were you doing drugs? Like what was causing you from? Okay, you don't have to go into detail. <laughs> no, no, I don't, don't I don't mind. I don't I, mind. I've
2: I've come a long way. What I want to get out of it,
0: man, is people that you know, somebody that's watching this right now, they may be in that spot. And you're a great example of somebody who's maybe come from that and been able to just, you know, excel, create a business, have rental properties, become successful. And so that's why I want to dive into no,
2: it. No, 100%. I don't, I don't mind sharing. Uh, just, again, just where do I articulate it so I don't over over overtake the show. So uh, I think that it was choices that I made, and those choices were drugs, alcohol. Uh, I'm an excessive person. I think uh, everybody here is probably a little bit excessive in their own yep. way. Uh, but, you know, if I did, if I smoked marijuana, uh, a lot of people are like, oh, I used to smoke marijuana. I used to smoke like a half ounce or an ounce a day, right? If I was going to do hardcore drugs, I mean, I, I, uh, if I was going to stay up on some stuff, it'd be a week, right? Like, So, again, there were some oh, hardcore things, again, as a teenager that I did, and I just didn't do something. I did everything. You know what I mean? And if I was going to try something, again, I tried it to my best abilities. So uh, you know, then kind of going to Michigan, I thought that maybe leaving my problems in, in California was my best solution. but I realized in time what, what, what was my problem was myself. It was my choices, it was my choices, my disciplines, and the things that I wasn't doing to correct myself. Right. So when I decided to join the Marine Corps it was not by my choice. It was because I was a shitty ass employee. Making bad decisions, and then right right around the time that uh, uh, Dylan was made, which wasn't purposefully, uh, you know he he was made. uh, I I I I just I just weren't. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, And I know know that. So again, it wasn't like he was just an accident. He was my best accident. So uh, again, one of those things that for me, I wasn't going down the right path, and I had just gotten fired from another job, and then my cousin said, "Hey man, go talk to this recruiter." I was like, dude, I'm not GI Joe, bro. I'm like, that's not my thing. He's like, well, listen, you got a job at the flower shop or whatever. He got me the job. He's like, if it doesn't go well, you got to go talk to the recruiter. Saturday, I got fired. This is Friday. Oh, so we had the conversation. I just started my first How day. Did you get fired from a flower shop? Because they had called me because they said that you're not on call. But if we ever call you, we expect you to come in. So they called me, and I pretended that I, you know I was sick or whatever, and they're like oh okay, that was your that was your chance." So I went and talked to the recruiter. he popped this video in, I see all this badass shit coming from a sports background. I was like, "Oh, that looks t- kind of tight actually, and then at the time, I had just found out that uh my girlfriend, his mother, was pregnant with him, so I knew I needed to make some choices, and it was one of the best choices that I've ever made to join the Marine Corps um you know it wasn't easy. Uh we went I went to boot camp. I remember it's 13 weeks in boot camp and I was like probably 3 weeks in and my cousin and I just happened by dumb luck we're in the same battalion and same platoon. And so uh I remember being in the barracks and the drill instructors were going off on us. I think we we're butt ass naked and they were doing this thing and we're doing burpees and shit naked. They're playing FF games with us cuz that's what they do. And I remember I I seen my cousin in the they shower. Had no-
0: whole what is it called platoon or group of people basically doing burpees butt ass naked oh yeah yeah
2: oh yeah that's a a mind game so they they do it on purpose so like one time they did what's called the windmill shower so they get everybody in a single (laughs) file line and they turn on all the shower heads which is like a gym and you get to walk through the showers no soap no nothing and you get back in then you get dressed when they tell you to get dressed you get undressed when they tell you to get undressed and i remember looking over at my cousin like what the fuck did you just get me into bro i hate you like i cannot believe i'm here like you know and that's three weeks in after that you graduate you get the the again like winning a state title or placing in state it's one of those things that you just feel like you just achieved one of the biggest achievements of the world it's temporary just like anything right but uh you know after serving in iraq we went to iraq i had two months left in the marine corps had already bought my plane tickets home and then what the, what the United States decided to do was give me a free vacation to Iraq, so they did stop loss. Nobody could retire or get out of the Marine Corps or the services, and they sent us to to Iraq. So first we went to Kuwait. We were on standby, and we were the third unit to go into Iraq. And I was part of what's called transportation and like explosive, so I wasn't supposed to be the third unit. We were supposed to be like the supply unit. And so I was a part of like the recon, and a lot of the people that were infiltrating up to like uh, Tikrit and uh, all these different areas in Iraq, and it was pretty wild. And some of the experiences that I that I had seen there, uh, you know, that had to shape your whole life, I'm sure. Well, you, you're humbled, you know. I mean, again, we're very spoiled in society, and then, I mean, the one of the things aside from the combat, aside from all the other stuff that everybody sees on the movies, because it's not all peaches and cream over there. a 130 degrees. There's sand fleas. Your limited food. You don't have the the water supply had to be imported. There was limited supply for that. There was freaking camel spiders. These things run like twenty freaking miles an hour. I remember shooting one. Its leg blew off, and it was still running twenty miles an hour after us. You know because they follow the silhouette, and those things are like this big. And so, anyways, pretty pretty crazy stuff. And then I remember we hadn't eaten for like a week. Limited to rations, you know what I mean? And all these people, you know, again, nowadays, oh man, I can't wait to eat at Ruth Chris. I remember just wanting a freaking McDonald's hamburger because I'd been eating the same stuff for so long and it was so hot, no showers for like 90 days just sweltering bro like you're in the, the midst of the hot wow. freaking sun you're like seeing like like what you see in the movies when they're what is it called like the 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 heat all the, the the, sand yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah you start seeing stuff like that you're like is that a camel bro like you, yeah. <laughs> you start making stuff up in your mind you know so it was it was quite the experience but it, it did shape me well I'd, wow. I'd
1: imagine too like not to interject but to kind of go off what you're saying with the the whole monk mode and stuff like why he probably seems like he's unfazed he's probably like this is a cakewalk compared to what i've used what i've gone through before no
2: and i would definitely attest to that i mean (laughs) some of the shit that i've seen lived in uh military or otherwise i mean you know life life is grand you know it's not always peaches and cream but we have an opportunity that like especially the people in this room you know we have the opportunity to to do what we want to in this life and it's short Hmm. you know what i mean and i realized when i was in iraq you know that that could have been taken away from me at, in a heartbeat yeah
0: you bring up a good point man how people are so soft and it's true our society has gotten so soft i mean people can't even stay disciplined to stay on a job or stay, you know do do a lot of different things so um i do think that there's a problem in our society these days that we have to be the difference and be that inspiration for people yeah so that they can see that people are still disciplined people are still doing it people are still living life as as grand as they can but i love that bro you brought up a good point with that so thanks
2: and i mean and 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 again problems don't stop i mean just because i was in iraq there's different problems that come about i mean we talk about it and within our business to each other you know on a different level right. we won't really go into that but you know Good times, bad times, you know what I mean? Good deals, bad deals, right? Right. (laughs) Little fires, big fires, you know? Like, no matter what, there's still going to be obstacles. But what we wish for sometimes isn't always what we want to paint the picture of. Mm-hmm. But we need to be prepared for it. And I think too, sometimes people
0: think that when an obstacle pops in their way or a negative situation pops in their way, that it pulls them back and they have to like almost start over, or it pushes them back. And the reality is, it does not. It actually pushes you forward because yeah. it's a learning opportunity, and those learning opportunities can you know make a massive impact in your life and business. What? So you got good. Yeah, most of the biggest wins I have are because I learned something that I did wrong, yeah. and I made uh, a fix for it in my business, and it's so much better now, right? But so you I'm leaned like, into it. Lean into it, yeah. exactly. You feel the pain, you look at it, and you actually listen to what the customer has to say, what the client has to say, what the business partner has to say, and say, hey, this is not looking good, or I want you know this to be done better, and actually hearing that information and putting it back into your business so that you can expand and grow, you know? So, um, yeah, dude, I think losing opportunities, or not losing opportunities, but things that Push you back, so to say, or bad things that happen, they're actually a moving stepping stone forward. So,
2: no, absolutely. I mean, I'm grateful for those opportunities. I know that, again, even with Dylan talking about wrestling, you know, all those obstacles, all those times of where we want to quit. Or, you know, we just need to have a soundboard or somebody that we can go bounce ideas off of or or, or expect some type of empathetic uh, response. Whatever it is, again, uh, I think that it just goes back to what we're talking about is what do we do on a daily basis? Those things matter. The That's working true. out, the all these cliché things, reading books and hanging out with the right people and eating the right. Dude, when I eat like shit or I have a f- few cocktails and I don't work out, the next day, my day is not the same as it was the day before if I did the things that mattered.
0: 100%. And then the momentum too. Yeah. Once you build that momentum, you have to keep it, right? Sometimes I feel like we have our foot on the gas and we get deals in escrow or whatever. And we're like, oh man, things are going good. I'm going to go hang out. I'm going to go chill. And the reality is that's when you have to push farther into that, push farther into it, keep that momentum. So, and it works with the gym, with the diet, with wrestling, with anything you do in life. So, yeah, let's jump into this, dude. So you closed your first wholesale deal recently,
1: right? Did yeah. I see
0: that? Was that is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We, so it ended up
1: being, uh, uh, it was two wholesale deals uh, that was kind of sandwiched into one. But yeah, I mean, it was a pretty crazy experience. But uh, I mean, I, I've been in the business now for two and a half years, primarily on the investment side. It started off with him kind of just showing up on his doorstep uh, because I had a job opportunity to fall through because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And I was like, did not want to do anything to do with my pops because I wanted my own legacy and I wanted to do everything myself. And right. um, then all my opportunities kind of fell out. And I was like, hey, uh, you know. Let's of- jump into that a little bit, dude. Yeah. That's good stuff. So
0: <laughs> go ahead. Go, let's jump into that a little bit. Like you mentioned that you didn't want to like, be like, learn from your dad, or that was something that was like a blocking stone for you, and you yeah. had to like work to move past that.
1: Jump into that. Yeah, he's all in cussing. Yeah. like, yeah, he's talking, talk about this. Right yeah, yeah.
2: My, my leg fell asleep. Yeah. I had to move it real quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, go into that real quick. Yeah. 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 I was like, oh, yeah, he's like, like, what are you
1: gonna <laughs> say? You know?
2: yeah. Yeah. Let me get my backhand yeah. ready. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> no, but like, uh, I don't know. I just, I was a real stubborn kid growing, I still am stubborn person. I am constantly trying to work on and being more patient and more open-minded and things like that. And for whatever reason, I mean, he was like growing up, you know, he was kind of like a little bit of a drill instructor sometimes. Like he was very – Well, Well, your dad's a Marine. Bro. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and, well, and, and, you know, yeah. he, he wouldn't like hype me up like when I do good at matches. But uh-huh. there's also a lot of times where like dad doesn't really have much sympathy, you know, mm-hmm. like I would hurt something or whatever. And I was also very dramatic – so I was going to him for sympathy and I would never get it <laughs> ever. So anyways, I think I just had this perception in my mind of like, of him. And I was like, man, I just want to like, you know, fuck this guy. I'm going to do my own thing, you know? And right. so um, anyways, all that being said, I kind of put my pride aside. When my opportunities fell away. How convenient for me. Um, and then I was like, hey, pop, showed up on the doorstep with puppy eyes. And I was like, you know, can I work for you? And so, yeah. cause everyone else it, it, in my college, like wrestling team, like most of them, They don't work, you know, like they're wrestling, that's it. But I, for me, like during the summer, everyone's like smoking and drinking and like having fun and just training. And to me, that was a waste of time. And I was like, I need to be investing into myself and getting work or like making money, doing something. I just like to hustle. And so showed up at his doorstep and he's like, yeah, you can work for me, but he didn't have any, he didn't know what, he like, He's just taking out a new employee. Like, I don't know what you can do. He's like, you can file stuff for me. So I did that. And at the time, he so was... When, when was this? Was that? 2020, I think? I think it was. Yeah, right, right when COVID kind of happened. It was okay. Like was right Yeah. So, okay. Is so, that when
0: you came back to Madeira? Because I know you
1: went to slow for a little bit or somewhere. So it was during the summer of like, while well, I was still going to slow. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, a sco- it was my second year of college. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. So I came back for the summer and then um i just started doing like the filing and stuff and then at the time he had just he had a couple flips under his belt had i think a couple rentals at that yeah you had a few rentals at the time too and he was like hey i'm trying to you know level this thing up you know maybe you can start talking to some people in the space with me and we can learn together and i was like okay like whatever you know i was like still i'm like i'm just doing this just so i can work you know and then uh first met with jason uh jason pritchard and then i didn't honestly most of the things he said i didn't understand at all like he was talking about some high level stuff and yeah. i was like i was enamored by him i'm like oh, this guy's badass but I, what he was saying is he could have been speaking chinese to me i had no idea what he was saying no it's funny too because i've noticed that
0: like when i actually sat down with jason too a while ago and he was telling me stuff and i was like man i don't understand any of this yeah it's like gibberish but then once you understand it you understand and you're like oh This is easier than I thought. Totally. So it's just like being able to like wrap your head around it and take the time to study it.
1: For sure. Well, and and something that Jason does really well too is he boils things down like that are complex and still can give wherever you're at in the process, he can still give you nuggets that you can take away with. And so, um, you know, he was just telling me about being young in the space and blah, blah, blah. And I remember like after the meeting, when I was like, so what'd you think? And I was like, I was like fired up. I was like, I'm going to kick some ass, you know? And then, so that for me was like the first taste of real estate. And then I realized everything I'd been pushing away, like I wanted to start welcoming welcoming and leaning into because I was like real estate's kind of kick ass because although it's competitive, it's collaborative. And it just reminded me, So I saw so many parallels between the sport I loved, which was wrestling, it being individual, it being competitive, but also being very collaborative because you're still on a team. I found so many parallels with that sport within real estate and I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. So that's kind of how I got started. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's that's true
0: too to think about. There's kind of that same thing where you are on your own, but you have this community of people that are helping you level up and grow. So
2: I want to pick on you. Pick on me? Yeah. I got okay. A pick on me. Let's go. So uh, I don't know that everybody knows, but I've known you for a long time. Like you said in the beginning, mm-hmm. I also remember you being super ambitious. Mm-hmm. You come into my office, and you told me that you wanted to be at a certain level. Mm-hmm. And you also did cold calls with Angel and Anna. We've talked about this Remember before. This? Yeah, Came to the office at 6 p.m. He was driving a gray Alexis. Remember it to this day. And he was telling me, he's like, hey, I work for this guy. I do this, this company. I like it. I like it. I am making my cold calls. I'm doing this. I'm not, that, I'm not that person that likes to go out and do this stuff, but I'm doing it. I've learned the system. I got the CRM and blah, blah, blah. Right. But I want to be here. I want to be here. I was like, you're going to be there. I said, I, I don't see any reason why you won't be there. And so even like how I hyped you up, I did hype you up, but it's because I believed in you and I knew your potential because I seen it in you. I seen it in your eyes. I seen it in in your aura. And then not three years later, were you a branch manager and having your own outfit, therefore, after? Because right. you put the grind in, you put the hustle in, you did the things that mattered. I remember seeing you drive a truck. It was like a Tacoma or something. Yep, Tacoma, blue. Yep. Blue to Tacoma. to yep. buying your your very nice truck that you have now, to the house that you have now, again, to building the team out that you have now. And it all started because you had a vision and you followed through as well. So, I mean, when we're unpacking things, what, what, did, what did you have to go through to get to where you're at?
0: Yeah, well, I think the one thing people get stuck on is the how, right? Like, they feel like they have to know all the details of how to get there. How am I going to close this much? And the reality is I never knew the how. I ne- Like, even day to day, I was like, okay, what am I doing? I'm going to be making calls. Do I hire somebody? Like, what do I do? So, I think just like doing it, doing the action that you can do every single day and then putting it out there. It just kind of comes in and the right opportunity and the right people come into your life to make your vision happen so like i learned from certain people at nexa you know Nexa was a great learning experience for me um and just kind of being in that new environment where i was on my own so i had to like teach myself a lot about the loan process how to build a team out things like that to where i am now with vero and uh, you know being brought in as a partner one of the biggest reasons i went to vero is because of jeremy Like I wanted his uh, mentorship for him to be able to teach me. And so I have big goals and aspirations of where I want to go from here. And I honestly feel like God brings people into your life. So I feel like God brought Jeremy into my life to like teach me these things. So I kind of rambling on about this. I'm not sure if I quite answered your question, but I just just don't think you need to know the how. And I think people get stuck on that.
2: Well, the things that I heard was that you kept your feet moving, you kept your vision, and no matter what you kept on doing the things that mattered to get you where you were you didn't you didn't get stuck in paralysis analysis you didn't get worried about people on social media going to be the haters right. you didn't do you put yourself out of your comfort zone and you did the things that mattered and as long as you were doing the things right the universe, God, the whatever you want to attribute it to brought the things in alignment to what you wanted.
0: Right. And I also feel like social media made a massive impact in my business. Like I was doing social media before any LOs. So I just want to point that out. Like, seriously, my, my shit <laughs> was OG really social media. It was super corny, bro. Like when I first I had little banners that was like FHA loan, get approved.
2: <laughs> Do you remember those? Uh, yeah. you remember my, those mine those are still best? corny, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. still better than what I'm posting.
0: <laughs> and I remember uh, people would. Uh, make fun of me for it oh this guy's a clown look at him on social media his shit's you know they talk behind my back about it. i hear about it yeah of course and then slowly but surely that top of mind awareness that social media gives you all of a sudden it's like who is this corbin guy like he's everywhere now because social media creates that perception that you're everywhere mm-hmm. even if you're not yeah i mean you could literally be taking a week off work but you're posting on social media every single day and people are like oh this guy's always working like it's just the way that it It does, you know, so I feel like social media helped me out a ton and that was something that made a massive impact growing my business. And since I've kind of evolved and leveled up and now I'm part of a mastermind learning how to like do social media better and better. But I I think that was one of the
1: bigger, bigger turning points for me. When you were first starting to post on social media, like right before you made the leap of just like, all right, I'm going to start putting myself out there. Do you kind of have some... I guess reservations at first, where you're like, "Fuck, hundred percent, dude." I hate. Still to this day, I don't like watching my own
0: videos. Now it's like <laughs> I can still kind of watch them, but my first videos, dude, I remember. My first video, I was in a cardigan <laughs> with a sweater, <laughs> and I just looked like it, it looked bad, man. I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, yeah, no, I had massive reservations. I didn't want to post, dude. Yeah. It was embarrassing. I felt cheesy sometimes, so. Totally, but you still well, like have to do it.
2: Well, let, let me yeah. tell you, because this guy's actually dressed up as me for Halloween, because I used to be the guy, and you're not the only one. Uh, and I'm not the one that created it, but I did see a guy do it, where he did like the live videos and blah blah blah. And yep. Here I am, and some of us still do. I still do it. Um, but Dylan literally dressed up for like me. Well, he's the easiest with, guy with, to dress with up a hat, with hat, hat, tucked in polo shirt, jeans. That's hilarious. And he in and, and, and the middle of the CrossFit. He was like, "Oh, who am I?" Blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> and everybody was like ranting and raving. Like they thought it was the funniest shit. It was pretty good. However, that in itself has has grew my business one hundred percent. That old school tactic, just putting the content out there, not being afraid. Not worrying about what everybody else says, but just doing it because you're trying to provide value and 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 something for the the people that are watching. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: There's a really good book by Gary Vee called, I think it's like Jab, Jab, Uppercut or Right Hook, Hook, Hook. or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Talks about that, like just putting out value, putting out value, putting out value and then asking for something in return later down the road, like a call to action, like putting them on a zoom call and talking about first time homebuyer programs, but you can't have a call to action all the time. You have to be providing value, providing totally. value. It's like, if you have a bank account, you have to deposit money in the bank account. Cause if you keep pulling it out, you're going to be bankrupt. Yeah. And that's how social media is. And I think that's where some people get it wrong is they just try to like pull, Hey, give me deals. I want a deal and like, is anybody buying a home? And the reality is people just don't really react to that as mm-hmm. well as like just trying to help and coming from that point, you know? Yeah.
1: So Totally. Yeah. Well, I feel like too, like, especially going with the whole social media thing, I think in the beginning, like depending on where you're at in, in the stage, at least I know for me, like I had a really hard time. I'd be, I've been in this space now for like two and a half years and it took me like a really wa- like long time to be comfortable posting about it. I think part of it too, like I just didn't really, like I wanted to be successful before I started posting. because then I wanted something to talk about, you know, but, um, what I realized, because someone had asked me, there was a, a guy I'd worked out with who's big on social media and like does uh, like flipping and up. He's my age. And he was telling me during this workout, he's like, Well, like, what are you afraid of for posting? And I was like, He's like, You know, are you afraid of like people commenting? Cause that's gonna happen. And I was like, No, 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 I'm not afraid of people commenting. I'm not afraid of strangers like telling me to f off. Like, that's what I do on a daily basis with yeah. cold calls, you know? I'm like, Strangers don't bother me. He's like, Then what is it? And I was like, At that point, I'd never really given any thought. And then I really thought about it and I was like, Oh. It's my friends. I'm afraid that my friends are roasting me about these corny videos I'm about to post. And then he's like, and then I, right when he said that, uh, that's what, for me, that's what made it. Literally the next day I was like, okay, what do I need to say? He's like, hook, value, call to action. Literally that same day I recorded a video and sent it because it was like, why, like it was this mental block. But then you jump in the water, just like a polar punch or whatever, and you realize the water's not that bad. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the good friends are going to support you. Totally, you know what I mean. They're
0: going to support what you're doing, so that's important to me. So, one
2: hundred percent, yeah.
0: So, dude, so let's go into some other stuff, man. If we uh, have a few more minutes here, yeah, for if sure. you want to tell us some some stuff about more uh, the Marine Corps, maybe <laughs> oh. over there trying to get some good stories. Okay, you, know? you want some good stories? Yeah, give me a good story, man. Okay.
2: Give the audience a good story. You, you want some... you want funny stories or you want <laughs> maybe some maybe a little bit of both? Okay, so there's this one time uh we were we were out there in the middle of nowhere, and this is kind of funny, but not okay so we had I was driving eighteen hours and we were in a convoy and i and I hauled aerial explosives, so probably not the best thing to haul in a war, but you know whatever um and then not only that, like in a hundred vehicle convoy, you're spread out about a hundred feet, so that's like two and a half miles long or something, mm-hmm. so you cannot be missed oops, and so uh with that said. They're like, hey, we're gonna pull over on the side of the road. We're gonna make some fighting holes, uh, which is you basically build like a three by six little hole in the ground, you dig it. But we really didn't have time. It was dark, so we were just gonna get camp out. And again, camping's not like tent and like you got a hammock and shit, you know? It's not glamping. Yeah, yeah, there's no glamping. <laughs> and so, anyways, super tired, bro. Like, I think I had some rip fuel. I don't know if you ever remember rip fuel, mm-hmm. it had that Excedrin stuff in it, uh, or Ephedra. Okay. Uh, it was like a, almost like a, a, a like a caffeine, but like way better. But they they banned it because like it can like. Did they
0: give those to Marines? No. Like, no. Did you guys have stuff like that? that no. Like, no. Yeah, no. Not like in my adrenaline, time. like you see in the video games.
2: No. No. Not much. Right? Yeah. That, that's math, bro. That's mad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm <laughs> curious though. Do like Navy SEALs and stuff when they go into combat, they probably have adrenaline with them and stuff like that that they can eject. Maybe, they right? might, I, bro.
2: I, I don't know. Like I I, I, I know movies. Navy SEALs, bro. Like I've been. Well, I was with them over there too, but they're bad they're another they're another animal well i
0: i feel like navy seals feel the same way about marines too because you hear jocko willing talk about in some of his podcasts he's like no some of the marines were the most badass dudes
2: well with you know i think that that, because we're masses the navy seals is so small right right? so they're they're elite but they're small but marines like we're all taught to be crazy right Right, so so it's like it's a yeah it's a little different
0: thing but what was it like seeing like a navy seal pull up and you're just like, it was oh, like a celebrity like oh wrong.
2: wow dude he'll fuck you up you know what i mean like <laughs> like i remember we were at this bar one time not to segue from what i was gonna say but we were at a bar in yuma arizona mind you that's like the armpit of arizona first of all it's like 130 degrees i'm thankful that i was stationed there but you don't want to be stationed there nor do you want to go there on vacation right but we we're in a little bar and this big bearded guy comes up and you know navy seals just aren't as groomed as we are because you know they're supposed to be like part of the element right so they can be a little bit more rustic or rugged i guess and he's this guy pees next to me he's bearded tatted up skinny doesn't look like nothing but i seen a tattoo and i was like i knew what i had meant that he was a navy seal and so anyways this guy at the bar was kind of smarting off to him a little bit there's three of him the three of the navy seal guys there i told my buddy i was like If that guy keeps talking shit, dude, he's gonna wreck this guy right now. (laughs) Lo and behold, the guy got a little cocky, swung on this guy, and I swear, in like two sec, two seconds, this guy bashed his head, put him in a headlock, put him and like had his arm behind his back like a MP, like military police would do, and then kicked him in the ass and spit on him, and and like and like and that was like a four second move. I feel right wrong. like boom boom <laughs> like I was just like even his buddies like you could tell they wanted to jump in at first but then they were like so like shocked as well they were just <laughs> like, your own, they're just like they're like hey bro get, get uber but it would be taxi back then because there wasn't uber yeah so but yeah navy seals are another animal for sure
0: dude i love that you brought that up too like one thing i've learned jujitsu is that i don't know shit And somebody that knows how to fight is going to whoop my ass. Bro, it's like, have you ever had that dream?
2: Hold on, let me help you with that. (laughs) Have you ever had that dream where you're in a fight? Right. And you can't win. right? Everything that you're doing, it's like you're hitting clouds, bro. Like it's not even phasing them. That's what I feel like when you're doing jits. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Because you get humbled. You do get humbled. And as you learn and level up, you become better and better. But that's one thing I learned. Like people think they can fight. People have this idea in their head, you know, that, even like with wrestling, they're like, "Oh, I could probably wrestle you." You're like, "Okay, okay, bro." You know, like people have this idea, and then they get into a mixed martial arts, or they get their ass kicked by a Navy SEAL, and it's like, "Holy shit, I'm I'm helpless against somebody that actually knows what they're doing." I'm helpless, you know. So, <laughs> yeah.
2: no, it's it's a, it's a different level. Yeah. And so, uh, the, going back to the Iraq thing, so we the the commanding officer said, "Okay, we're gonna pull off. We're gonna we're gonna you know get some shut eye, whatever the case is. a Couple hours." Mind you, we're driving 18 hours, but we had been up for 40-something hours because we had just entered into Kuwait. So, anyways, we go. And and at that time, we were kind of concerned about basically like a weapons of warfare or maybe like a chemical attack of some sort from from the Iraqi people, Saddam. And so anyways um the the alarm went off we had these sensors and the alarm head went off that means you need to put on your mop level gear which is your gas mask full body suit right mind you this is this is the desert bro it's super hot super cold during the day depending on the time right and so anyways we put on our gear you've down and clear your mask and i remember we're just sitting there with our gas mask and you're like like dark for a couple hours Right? Wow. So I was like, I started drifting off from a little tired. I fall asleep, dude, like in my gear. I wake up, my mask is completely to the side of my face. So if there was, if there was a gas attack, you're dead. I would've been fucked. <laughs> like, you know, but I wake up drooling, shit's coming out of my mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I try to correct my mask, like I've just saved myself. I look around, all my buddies are like back to back. Everybody's kind of knocked out. My gunnery sergeant's just walking around. Pussies, yeah. you're gonna die, fuckers. <laughs> just Holy just wild. But that that was kind of something that stood out. That if I had to bring up a story, that was a good one. That a good That's one. cool, man. That's a good story. <laughs> there, I got one more, one All more right, not right. to steal the show. So uh, camel spiders are kind of crazy, right? And uh, you'll have to look it up and you'll look it up and you'll be like, okay, cool. So anyways, um, they follow silhouettes because they, uh, something about the shade. So anyways, this one was running, I guess. And I didn't see it specifically, but one of my buddies was telling me. and. It, and, again, this is third-party story, but I'm pretty sure it's true. He said that my, his one buddy went in and closed the we, – We finally had gotten porta-potties because before you, when you shit oh out in the – Are you wiping the, with leaves or <laughs> your no, hands? No leaves, bro. You, there's no leaves. There's what? a desert, bro. Oh like, like You would have maybe a couple of tissues that you got from an MRE because MREs have that, coffee, and whatever the case is. But, bro, you would have to go out there and hover – Maybe if you had like your E tool, which is like a shovel, it like unfolds and you'd like put the handle like that and you could sit one cheek on there, you just sit out and you'd just be watching your buddy out there in the middle of shit, and then you'd bury your shit. <laughs> then we upgraded to um we had these guys that they're basically like contractors. They were the I forget what they're called. Uh the, it was part of the Navy, but they built us kind of like Portageons out of wood. Well, those portagons aren't portageons, bro. They're made out of plywood. So we would chop off the Basically, like the barrels, like burning barrels, grease barrels. Have you ever Mm -hmm. seen them? So you chop off the top and that's what you would shit in. So you would have shit duty. So shit duty is you go throw fucking gasoline on it, pull that thing and set it on fire and have to stir it. (laughs)
1: Stop. (laughs) That
2: is not real. That's fucking real. Why do you have to stir it? Because you have to get it to freaking burn. Oh god, dude! So we
0: upgraded. Don't realize what our military goes no, through. No, bro, it, it was savage. <laughs>
2: it's savage. Oh, so we finally got portage johns wherever you'd finally get stationed, and remind you, someone doesn't come to clean that shit out very often, you know. So it'd be so. Anyways, I'll spare you. You can use your imagination. But a camel spider, I guess, was following this one marine, and he didn't know it because it was following his silhouette. So he closed the door when we upgraded, the, and this thing was jumping on the door, and my buddy said he shot it. And when he shot it, he did take a leg off or whatever, but he said the buddy, so scared, he, he flipped the porch he and, and he was trying to open the door, but it flipped the wrong way. So the shit fell everywhere? So, no? But he couldn't get out. They had to roll it so <laughs> the door was dropped shut. So he's like Let me he was banging it and making it worse because he was just splatting shit Oh every, my oh. god. Oh, so anyways, dead, like, bro, how that, happy were you to see a toilet? Oh man, like, we were pretty excited. Bro. Holy crap. Uh, there's a lot of things that I remember getting super excited People for. People don't realize
0: what our military goes through. I'll say it again. They just don't, man. So yeah, that's was a crazy. Time. thank you for serving, bro. Oh thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. But um, I want to end it off on one last thing. What would you give somebody getting into wholesaling, getting into real estate, maybe going a little bit about what you're doing this year in a more challenging market that we're in right now? Um, Give somebody some advice.
2: So, I mean, I think the biggest thing, and I I think Dylan will test, maybe even yourself, um, just find somebody that you can bring value to. And and again, because a lot of people want to reach out and say, oh, you know, will you be my mentor? You know, and a lot of people that I know that I associate with, there's too many people like that, and there's only the few that really want to do the work. Right. So when you see someone that truly wants to do the work, it'll come across because they're going to bring something to you that's going to make the difference, that you can add value to help them. Because I'll help anybody that's willing to help themselves. Mm. But usually people want help so you can do the work for them. Yeah. And yeah. so for me, getting started, attach, link yourself up with someone that's doing what you want to do and figure out a way that you can connect because we were talking about it earlier. You're usually only one person away from changing your life. So if it's me to you to the next person or me to you or me to you, whatever the case is, that person could change your life. If it's the right person that you're trying to connect with. That's crazy to think about is hundred percent true. hundred percent true.
1: Yeah. Well, I think too, it's like you have to understand the opportunity that's in front of you. I think that, um, a lot of people kind of take for granted the opportunities that they have. And if you, if you do get the opportunity to be around people that are doing it at a high level, like he said, I think a lot of people want to just take and it's, it's givers are very good at understanding, especially high level givers are good at understanding who's a taker and who's a giver. Mm-hmm. You know, and people want to give to people that are already givers. And so if, for example, I was, you know, I was just on Scott and Kate's podcast not too long ago and, and I didn't even realize, but, I would forgotten I had called for Scott, but he was giving me advice and I was like, I'll call for you. And he's like, oh, call, call some leads. And so I did it and then he, but then he was willing to role play with me and then he was willing to answer questions for me, but I just did what he said. Cause I didn't, he, he's always trained me to be that way. But I'm like, mm-hmm. you, you ask for advice, you take action on the advice that you're given. And so I think that if you do surround yourself with like-minded people, it's not enough to just be in that environment. You have to be willing to, to give more than like, to give more than you want because the the exchange you're doing is in exchange for them to give you value, which is taking out time away from them. Mm-hmm. You're giving them more than what they sh- like you expect to receive, you know? So I think like he said, people will respond well to that and they want to help you.
2: I, I have one That's thing good, good kind of stem, right there. I have one stem to, to go off of that. So one of the agents at my office, when he wanted to work for me, I didn't want to hire anybody, anybody cause I don't want to be the teacher, the leader, blah, 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 even though I am. And so he was like, dude, I know nothing but great things of your office. I want to work with you. I was like, oh, yeah, you know. He's like, I'm going to get my real estate license. This is my goal. He's like, I'll bring you fucking coffee. I'll get the office coffee. I'll, I'll go take your car to get washed. I don't care whatever I got to do to just share space with you. And I was like, this guy won't even let me tell him no. Yeah. So I knew in my heart that that guy was going to be a rock star and now he's a cold calling freaking animal at my office, and he's picking up momentum. The and only you know, the
1: only one that needs to be said the only one cold calling, and like it wow. takes a certain level. I mean, he's almost he's almost fifty, and he oh, was willing to come okay, out. I of know you're talking about that. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah, He's yeah, willing to go. A, out we have, of we have a great career. team,
2: and everybody yeah. has their own niches. But this guy, again, the way his approach was, the yeah. way that he came at me. I mean, and he shows up every day. I want to talk about that a little
0: bit, kind of diving into that with this market right now, right? In 21, it was so easy to do real estate. I mean, I got out of bed in the morning and you'd get four deals that are just like gimmies. Like, you don't have to do anything for them. They are moving forward on a refinance guaranteed. They're going to go with you because they were referred by a friend. Like, that's the type of deals that you would get in 21. Now you can't do that. So you're mentioning cold calling, putting yourself out there. Like You have to do the income producing activities right now on a way bigger level yeah. to actually succeed in this market because mm-hmm. we're still doing okay. We're still crushing it. We're still closing a lot of deals. But my action has gone up significantly from 2022 and 2021. And honestly, I'm more disciplined now in my business with like lead follow-up and that stuff than I was in 2021. 100%. So I love that you're mentioning he wants to cold call and all this kind of stuff because Right now the market's a little bit tougher. Imagine that in a busy
1: market. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be a freaking animal. He's gonna be closing mm-hmm. so. deals left and right. So which yeah, goes yeah. back to what you were saying earlier about obstacles. And I think you, you had said like obstacles can shape us and whatnot. It really depends on how you view the view the obstacle though, because like this, for example, the market is it's different. It's tougher, right? So this is an incredible opportunity to become savages and great at prospecting and great at working on our business because of because of the obstacle at hand. But if everything was going right, you don't stop. When things are going right, it's not too often you're sitting there and you're like, "Oh, what well, could I be doing better?" You're like, "Things are going great." But when you're on your ass, you're you're forced to ask, you're like, "Okay, how can I get out of this?" You know. Mm-hmm. So, um I think you really have to view the obstacle as an opportunity to grow, and if you can change that mindset, you look at everything else differently. 100% you know? dude, because it is an opportunity, and right now there's
0: people that are like, "Oh, I'm just going to go sell solar I'm going to go do something else. And it's like they're constantly jumping around industry to industry because they're trying to make the most money at that time. And the people that win big are the people that stay in the industry that they're in, focus all their energy in it and grow, you know, like even in the tough times. So
2: to stem off that, I know we're trying to close up, but someone told me if you want to be great at what you do, you need to become great at what you do.
0: Hmm. And what, there's like some special amount of hours I've heard. Like, it's like, I can't remember. It's yeah. like 10,000 10, hours. Yeah. You
2: yeah, have to be an expert in, in your industry, right? right? If you want to, if you want to be a master, you have to be an expert in your industry, right? If you want people to gravitate to what you do, you can, you can walk in silence, but again, your movement will be loud.
1: And if, if you're not good at cold calling, that. you're not good at door knocking, do more of it. You'll get better over time. Get the reps right. in. Right. 10%. I love that. What was
2: that? That quote you said? I just made that shit up.
0: It was good, dude. It was good. be <laughs> your slogan for dude, Miracle Realty. Jake's got to yeah. tell us
2: what I said. <laughs> yeah, that was good.
0: Yeah. That was good. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Um, this was awesome. So going to have you guys on again, hopefully in the future. And we'll chat it up more. Does anybody have anything they want to finish out on or let the guests know? Um,
2: I, I'm just grateful to be a part of. And, and again, like again, just knowing that uh, our friendship has uh, transpired to what it is today. And to see you grow, to see us grow, uh, you know, I'm excited to be on the next one because I, I know that, again, 2023, 2024, and 2030, you know, we're going to be making differences in people's lives. And that's what I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of.
0: Love it, man. Where can they find you?
2: Uh, at Miracle Realty, 559-674-0091 or our website, miraclerealty.com
1: cool his handle is also Bo underscore miracle underscore mr broker right (laughs) it's like some long ass name uh if you want to find me on uh, on social i'm on tiktok instagram uh at billionaire three two one i try to do everything i can to document the journey share the processes and stuff i learned along the way so if you guys want to see someone hustling and you're not sure where to start you can check my stuff out and that's what i share cool thanks guys for coming on